Hey everybody, I'm a podcast and welcome to Joel. I, I'm not feeling the best, guys, but we'll tough. We'll be tough. We'll get through this one. Uh, I'm Joel, one of the board game mechanics. Along with me is the other board game mechanic. Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Jason, I I had kind of like a, I don't know, man, a uh, a resurgence of purpose in this podcast, I guess. That I want this to be just fun for us, and like we don't have to play the newest games all the time. And I don't know, man. I <laughs> it just sucks to like be these media guys who are constantly recording podcasts and making videos for games that don't come out for six months. And then when the game comes out, they can't actually enjoy it and play it because they have to be playing what's come out coming out in six more months. Yep. And like I saw us kind of quickly becoming that. And I, I'm pretty okay with that not being us. I think we're just going to play the games that people like and, and talk about them and enjoy them, you know? So whatever, I actually, man. I actually think there's a niche for that because a lot of people are just doing the new hotness and nobody goes back and plays stuff that's actually, you know, readily available. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like, I, I get on the Facebook pages and people are asking about games that I'm like, wait, you don't know about Takenoko? Like, that's crazy. So I don't know. I Not everybody's been doing this for 10 years and... There's good games out there that people don't know about because they're three years old. And we're in such a hyped up call to the new crappy whatever. I, I like new games as much as anybody. I love cracking the saran wrap on on the uh, brand new Kickstarter that just came in and punching it and all that. I, I mean, I'm much, I love that as much as anybody. But there's so many good games out there. And I don't know. Go play them and enjoy them. So I don't know. We're, I'm, I'm At least for me, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. I'm going to still do some YouTube stuff. But I'm not going to chase windmills with this thing or anything like that. I, Katie's going to like that. That was a liter, literary reference there. So Yeah, I've actually heard her say that before. <laughs> so a little Don Quixote there. So yep. uh, so at any rate, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm just going to be me and have some fun with this because this is supposed to be fun. And like, I'm going to tell you something. I definitely like I don't think I've netted a profit on this thing. Like even if you count the review copies, like maybe break even. But it's just for us and for fun, you know? So I'm not going to complain anymore, but like, just know what you're getting into guys. Like we're just two regular dudes. We don't have like special SN powers where people give us the games that are coming out six years from now. And we, we talk about them. We just, we want to talk about the stuff that like we're playing and enjoying. And I think that's who you guys are. And I'm tired and I'm grouchy and I'm a real gump grump boy. who's not feeling good. So maybe that's why I'm saying that, but I think it's just true. Like I'm just, I don't know. For the long haul, I want to just keep doing what I like to do, and we'll just talk about it. And if you like us, then cool. And if you don't, like that's cool too. You don't have to like our show. You don't have to hang around. It's a totally free internet. You can go listen to that new hotness show if that's what you're into. So <laughs> even with that, we get people do like new hotness stuff. So we will try and cover that. But I, I, uh, I don't know, man. I'm not gonna spend all my time chasing the hot new stuff because I really love the old stuff and I really love playing games that I I know and cherish. And my gaming group hates me. They're like, dude, can we just play a game twice? No, I've got these I have to play. They've got to get reviewed. So I mean you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, to be fair, even when I play old games, I still only usually play them once and then play another new old game. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, games are a good value in theory when you think, like, I could play this game 50 times. It's a dollar a play. <laughs> so you're like, I played that one twice, and now I'm literally putting it in the trash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I try not to do that too much. I mean, I just did throw a bunch of games away, but yeah, there are games that shouldn't have been made anyway, so it's all right. Hey, this is a new segment called Joel's Cardboard Cringe. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the side effect I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Joel's Cardboard Cringe. There we go. That was a good one. Jason literally threw games away this weekend. I did. I did. All right. This has been your the latest episode of Joel's Cardboard <laughs> Cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told you that I threw some away and you're like, dude, you can sell them. I was like, yeah, it's not worth the trouble. <laughs> Crazy, uh, man. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> that's so funny. But you know what? Like we try and fill these shells up and make them look cool, and then at some point you realize I don't want to play any of these games. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that does happen sometimes. I, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but people know what we're talking about. Like, I don't know. There's a few games that I just love, and then sometimes I don't know, man. I just look at my shelves and I go, "Why do I own all these?" I, 
yeah, it's weird. I think we're I think we're in a weird transitional stage where people are going to have to figure out what this hobby's doing. Are we collectors? Are we are we players? I don't know, man. This is too heavy for me to be so tired and three quarters sick. I don't want to dig into this tonight, probably. And I just I just I have. So I'm going to wrap it up by saying. Peace and love, peace and love. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's. I was going to say something mean, but I'll just refrain. We can move on to news. Peace and love, Jason. <laughs> okay, so I only have one thing of news that I wanted to talk about today, and it is a game from Jelly Bean Games, which I've actually done a video on, if you want to check that out on our YouTube channel. It's called Goblin Teeth. And this is a a game where you're using dice to bid on cards that are going to have, like, items on them. There may be some teeth, some weapons, some kind of crystals, and there's a couple other items that I can't remember. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get certain numbers of items to fulfill these contract cards that are available for everybody to see. The first person to complete one of the contracts is going to end the game. And depending on which contract gets fulfilled, like if it's the one farthest to the right or to the left, whoever's farthest to the right would win the game. So it's a cool little just dice placement bidding game that plays in about 20 minutes. And if you like little lighter games, go check this out. It's on Kickstarter. It has 19 days or 28 days left and it's $19. So Jellybean makes pretty cool games. So if you like any of their other games like Village Pillage or Lady and the Tiger, this one's in the same vein, so go check that out. Wasn't Lady and the Tiger uh, Mr. Rogers thing? Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes, but it's also a jelly bean game. We have to put Mr. Rogers in our show description now because we'll get that sweet, sweet search engine optimization. <laughs> He's trending right now, you know? That's true. We did say Mud Monster, too, and that worked. Yeah, dude. We were, we were on this Mr. Rogers trend way before it even got hot. Hey, Jason. <laughs> yeah. I got to add some news, man, because there's a game that I think looks amazing, and I don't think we've covered it, man. All right. Go for it. Tungaroo. Have you covered that one yet? Uh, I don't know if I did. I can't remember it. But if we did, it probably wasn't well, so go for it. Uh, I'm not going to cover it well either, but it's uh, the guys <laughs> who made Rococo. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And it's super cheap, man. It's like 37 bucks for a full big box kind of game, but it looks really cool. It's got some dice stuff going on, some shaped meeples. Uh, you're you're kind of like I don't know, doing some cool stuff. And the deluxe edition's like fifty three bucks, and it comes with those cool like uh, container type boats where you put the stuff in the boats. Oh yeah, that's but, cool. But they are they don't like the container boats because it's like indigenous people. So right, it's like more like a carved out you know canoe thing. a canoe. But I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's got some great artwork. It's got it looks like it's kind of a a, mm, a little bit of a, of a point salad kind of thing going on with it. Um, you you got you know. Cards and bits and, and dice and lots of cool things. So I just think it looks cool enough that I backed it. And this was my Kickstarter for the for the for what I've done for the last couple months. I did back Legacies as well that you talked about last week, but I'm not positive. I went at the buck level because I was like, I went in on that pledge manager because, you know, I'm a real dirt boy. So that's why I went with the dollar <laughs> level. But I'm not sure if I'm going to back that one. I the, It seems cool, I, but, man, it seems so convoluted. That's my only issue with it uh but tungaroo looks really cool it's my kind of game i think it, i think it just i don't know it just looks like a good version of a game it looks like the what was the you know this because you got young children um the hawaiian um volcano movie I, moana yes there make it way, is make way yeah that that movie yeah jason we just had another copyright strike <laughs> because of your pitch per- perfect copy of that song <laughs> oh man no, it looks it looks really cool, Tungaroo on Kickstarter. Uh, if you if you're listening to this podcast on the weekend after we drop it, you still got a good week. So uh, anyway, I think that one looks really cool. Yeah, that's and one I'm, that I'm interested in just because it's twenty seven dollars or whatever whatever it is thirty five. Th- yeah, thirty five bucks. Yeah, it's a really good price point. I, I mean, like honestly, when I was looking at this, I was like, this isn't going to fulfill because it's too cheap. Like I'm looking at all the stuff that comes in that box. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how they're doing it actually. And one of the custom meeples you get is like uh it looks like um the Incredible Hawk and Grimace from the McDonald's Play Friends had a baby. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it kind of weird at the same time. <laughs> it, 
it's worth the Google. I'm telling you, it's just worth the Google. So, oh man, I, I again, I'm not feeling well tonight. So, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> Okay, so we're moving into probably my favorite section. Even though we're doing our top 100, I still enjoy talking about games that I got to play. So, Oh, the f- here comes the NyQuil. Yeah. <laughs> the one game that I want, I'm going to talk about is a game I've been wanting for a long time. I finally got a copy, and it is called Pret a Porter. And it did not disappoint. I got to say that, first and foremost. So if you don't know about this game, I mean, most people know about it. But what this is, it's an economic game where you're running a fashion house and you're trying to hire employees, make contracts with people outside of the business so they can work for you for free and help you build up your business, trying to um, expand your business by getting more, more bit um, buildings or different units of your business. Then you're trying to get other designs because the whole point of this this game is to submit designs into a fashion show. And the way you do that is by collecting certain colors of cards and you get to submit all of one color so say i had four blue cards i could and they were completed with fabric i could submit all four of those blue cards into the fashion show that i'm going to be judged on some categories you're going to do two rounds of play and upkeep then you're going to do a fashion show so there's going to be eight rounds of play four fashion shows and whoever has the most money and points at the end of the game is the winner money translates to points one to one ratio so you're going to spend money to make money one of those deals so this game was amazing. I played it at four. It went on a little longer than I probably would have liked. But I think playing it at three would be just right, and I can't wait to do that. So that is Preta Porter. This game is everything I hate about board games. It's Call to the Rare, Call to the New, and like ultra hotness with a theme that I don't care about. So I had to order it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest with yourself. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, I mean, like, I don't know, like... I was like, man, I hate this game for years has been like, you like Euro games? Oh, where's your copy of Predaporter? Oh, so you don't actually like Euro games. Like it's been like that kind of a game for right, years. Yeah, and yeah. now we got another copy of it. So that's cool. Um, and now it's like all the like, hey, look what I got. And I didn't back it because I was like, I'm just going to wait and buy it for $42 and cool stuff. So my $42 version of the game arrives tomorrow, I think. So, um, and it's just a not Kickstarter version. It's a, comes from cool stuff version probably fall apart in my hands but that's okay (laughs) i think it'll be okay actually (laughs) i'm hoping to play it this weekend um actually i'm gonna play this one with my brother who's developing video games and apps and i said you should take this and make it the video game studio version that people wanted the retheme of and make it an ios app and i don't know maybe say thanks ignasi is this an ignasi game no it's not it's a no it's it's ignasi Ignasi. yeah yeah and say, thanks, Ignasi, uh, maybe. Or just say, hey, bud, 15%, copyright law. <laughs> I don't know. He wants to He wants to become a game developer. So I'm like, man, you should make some really good board game ports. Like, there's not that many awesome ones. So, th- and then I said that, and I'm going to have seven comments. Oh, yeah, haven't you played Suburbia? Yes, it's good. I get it. Lords of Waterdeep is good. I get it. There's several good ones out there, but... I want more, okay? I want more. So, I, I, tomorrow morning when I wake up and edit this podcast, I'm going to be like, what was I even talking about? Because I don't remember right now. So, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, it'll be a whole new episode for you. Like, you're hearing it for the first time. <laughs> uh. Actually, the way how this, this illness is progressing... By Friday, I'll I'll probably listen to the episode from my hospital bed and go, oh, I wonder who the guest host was Jason had on this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, whoa, that's weird. My monitor just wobbled, and I don't think it actually wobbled. I think that was just me. You may need to, uh, yeah, you may need to lay down. I need to get 13 hours of sleep or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like five nights worth of sleep for you, Jason. That is it, man. That's a long time. Uh, so, oh my gosh, I wanted to make it a short episode and I keep talking about stupid stuff. All right. Um, I played Lords of Waterdeep with my wife. Did she like it? Did she like it? Yeah, man. I couldn't believe it. Like, it's she a good was into game, man. It. 
she figured it out and she was like, okay, wait, if I build this one, then I get this every time. Yeah. And she's like, I'm building that. And like, even a couple of <laughs> times she like got mean and took first player from me. Like she figured it out and then she's super adorable. Like she's the cutest because we're playing. She's up by like six points in the last round. And then I'm like, all right, now we got to figure out our final points here. And she's like, looking at me like what? And I go flip over your like Lord of Waterdeep and get your points. She's like, I forgot about that. So, like, I went up 30 points in the end there and beat her. But um, cool game, Lords of Waterdeep. I'm sure everybody here knows what it is. It's a worker placement game where you put out some different worker placements throughout the course of the game, and you get rewarded for doing it. It's the most simple and streamlined worker placement game, I think, that has any depth to it that you can get. It really is, for sure. It's not bad at all. It's just go collect the, the colors and do it. And there's supposed to be people. And this is one that I'm with you, Jason. What theme? It doesn't make any sense. What theme? I, am I, I'm buying people that I'm going to sacrifice to these missions. I don't even get it. So <laughs> you're yeah. sending them out to fight the owl bears. It and apparently it doesn't go well because you have to get all new people after <laughs> they go out and do their thing. Yeah, <laughs> they just go out and they may have accomplished their mission. They may not have. You don't know. And they retire. That's what it is. They <laughs> they settle down. That's why they disappear. Yeah, that's a good game. I agree. No, she had a great time with it. She was competitive, and it was really an awesome experience for me. It was an awesome experience playing a mediocre game because, I mean, just who you play games with is important, you know? So being able to play with my wife and have her actually enjoy it and get it, and it was just really cool. Like, she has an inferiority complex, I think, about playing heavier games that she feels like, I'm dumb, I don't get it. And she got this one, and it's definitely not she's dumb. It's just that you just haven't played as much, you know what I mean? Right. So for her to be able to get this one and it clicks, felt really good. So I had a really good experience with that game. Even though I played some other cooler games than that, that's the one I wanted to talk about because it was just a great experience because of who I played with. So anyway, that was it, Jason. This this is going to be the most heartfelt and ridiculous episode ever. I mean, it is a board game mechanics episode, so I mean... It's got to have... A, <laughs> it, it, listen, if it's, if it's a board game mechanics episode, you got to think a little bit. You got to cry a little bit and you got to <laughs> laugh a little bit. All right. And you know, we're having a good day. Is that what Jimmy Valvano said? I don't know. Something like is. that. Oh, Jason, you really aren't a sports boy, are you? I watch football, like the teams that I like and my fantasy players. But outside of that, Jimmy V, North Carolina State's coach, died from cancer. But he gave a really touching. Uh, you could have said speech. Jimmy V. I know who Jimmy V is, but I didn't know that was his last name. <laughs> Jimmy V. The auction, buddy. The auction. <laughs> yeah, I, I only know what that is. Yeah. All right. What is this? Are we? Are we doing a? We should start recording, Jason. <laughs> We've been doing that. Oh, nerds! <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from Jimmy V uh, Memorial Talk, we can go start our uh, our our cat. Well, continue our top. We've had some episodes go places. This is this one's number one. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, a special one, but I think and we're not done yet, it. folks. I listen. I'm telling you, I am in some kind of mind space right now. Who knows where this one's going? Uh, stay, stay tuned to stay tuned to the NASA spaceship board game mechanics. Yeah, uh, Jason, I'm just gonna jump in because I don't. Uh, why not? Number good. sixty, Jason. It, it's an iOS app. But it's also a board game, and people really threw a fit that you needed technology to play this game when it first came out. And that game is Alchemist. Every time we talk about it, I'm like, Jason, you're going to have to play this one because you'll love it. And I think you would still, but then we never play it. So Alchemist is a really cool game. You do this like little Sudoku-type logic puzzle, but then you do worker placement to get better clues in your logic puzzle, which is kind of cool. Um, and you have to use a phone to like see how these different ingredients combine and interact with each other. And, like, if it makes, like, a negative green, then you know it's these two things. If it's a positive blue, you know it's another couple possible com- combinations of things. So the whole time you're just doing, like, kind of a Sudoku logic deduction puzzle. And you're doing these worker placements. So just the worker placement part, squarely a medium game. Then you add that, like, logic puzzle thing on it. It makes it kind of heavy. So uh, pretty cool. It does have an expansion. I've never played it. Number 60 for me is The Alchemist, or just Alchemist. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, that's cool. This is one I do want to play, but then I never want to like sit through the rules explanation because I just feel like I'm going to hate that part. So, yeah, sometime I'll play it, though. Yeah. Speaking of rules explanation, I got to watch a Paul Grogan video before the weekend. 
All right. Again, for, I for what who game? Knows where, uh, the the uh, escape plan. Oh uh, yeah, I that rule book. I'm telling you, dude. I, I struggled with it, and it's not even badly written. It's just I struggled. All right. All right. Welcome, so- welcome back to the Wild Stallions <laughs> edition of the of the board game mechanics, where the horses are going who knows where. <laughs> Speaking of horses, my number sixty is about Kings. <laughs> is called Kingsburg, which has nothing to do with horses, but it was a, a segue, and we try to do those occasionally. Um. So I feel you. Kingsburg is a dice placement game where you're rolling dice. I think you have three dice. You're rolling dice and you're putting them on different royalty or different like figures that you're trying to influence to get things. You're going to go um, on certain people. You're going to get like building materials. You may get some gold. You may get some points. And you're trying to use that stuff that you're gathering to build buildings on your board on your own personal player board, which are going to give you special abilities throughout the game or maybe more points, so on and so forth. And you're going to play through, I think, uh, five or seven rounds. And then whoever has the most points at the end of the game is a winner. It's a fairly straightforward and light game, but I really enjoy it. So my number 60, Kingsburg. Yeah, I love this game. I, I really do. And I always, like, I, I want to play it a lot. And then I start thinking about playing it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, those little, like, disc things I have to flip over and armies and goblins. Yeah. I'm like, that whole thing's a mess. Why do I have to deal with that? I just want to roll the die and get lumber and build build wooden buildings. So, and I know that building an army up and stuff makes the game more tense and fun or whatever. But if it didn't have that, I'd probably play this game like a lot. Because the whole building your kingdom thing is really gratifying. Yeah, it's cool. The bad, bad bad orc man comes and knocks down your (laughs) chicken coop. (laughs) I do hate those orcs. That's no good. No good. All right. I had a great pick, Jason. Number 59 for me, Jason. This is one that I think I'm going to talk about it, and then maybe you shouldn't Maybe you shouldn't comment about it. We should just zip right through this one. Okay. Uh, number 59 is Euphoria, Build a Better Dystopia. This is a really underrated dice placement game, worker placement game, where you're trying to just keep people oppressed. And if they get too darn smart or too darn not happy, just too darn smart, they're going to they're gonna revolt and you're going to lose some of your workers. So you're trying to keep them real dumb. And it's kind of fun because you can bump people's die back to them, like right when they're on the brink of that revolution and go, hmm, looks like you got to re-roll that die. You're going to break that brain's threshold and lose some of your boys. So that's kind of a mean part of this game and really kind of a core, a central core to it. But really overall, it's just tracks, putting things on tracks and moving up on tracks and getting rewards back for them and creating that good old-fashioned bliss. So Euphoria, build a better dystopia. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, and I kind of was really sketchy on the details there because I think we need to move on, Jason, to your number 59. Yeah, my number 59 is a game from Stonemeyer. And it may or may not be called Euphoria, Build a Better Dystopia. Air high five, Jason. <laughs> the Universal 59. I know. That's awesome. Like I don't think we've had any crossover on the same list at all yet. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. So yeah, you explained this pretty well. It's dice placement. It's got some worker bumping, which is kind of neat. So you can get your dice bumped out and sent back to you. Uh, the interesting thing that I like is you have to hire your extra dice back to you and then at some point maybe you'll roll an amount across all your dice that's too high and then they get sent back to the the labor pool and you have to go release them again that's kind of neat and i like that where you're always it always keeps you maybe not wanting to roll such high numbers even though high numbers Mm -hmm. are kind of better so i like that mechanism yeah everything you you said about it is right on and i really dig this so my number 59 euphoria the other thing that's fun about it is this is a dystopian like the world's over game but the board is just so bright and chipper. Like <laughs> it, it really is. It's yeah. covered in that good citrus fruit. I don't know. It's I like it. And I do like all the names of the places too. They're just ter- like all the places just have terrible, like depressing names. It's awesome. Yeah, and I I would talk about the expansion, but I don't have it. Me, yeah, um, me yeah. I whatever, because I'm happy with old games. Going back to my old rant, okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, oh, man. my number 58 game, speaking of old games, is Go, okay? I don't want anything newer than the last 100 years, so <laughs> Go, Poker, and Chess are my next three games. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Just teasing. Valeria Card Kingdoms. Uh, the, the people at Daily Magic Games are too cool for me to be rude like that about this. This one's awesome. Valeria Card Kingdoms is Machi Koro slash Space Base slash all those roulette type 
games, um, roulette, craps, whatever you want to call it. Um, you roll the die and you hope that your boys in front of you have the right numbers on them when the die get rolled because you're going to build a little engine there and the die are going to trigger it and you're going to get enough good mojo that you're going to fight the bad boys and try and kill enough bad guys. So it's like Ascension combined with Machi Koro, um, but it's got that kind of cool thing where when you roll the die, this one's generous. It lets you get the to- the sum total of both die, but then each individual die. So if you rolled an 11, you'd get 5, 6, and 11 cards all to trigger. So it's it's pretty neat in that regard. There's a bunch of expansions for this. All the different like factions and stuff just play a little differently. Uh, like not, well, there are factions, I guess there's different like labor pools and stuff. So just kind of cool that you're just hiring these workers into your village and then they're going to do things for you, like get you magic or goods or, or fight or whatever. So, um, just kind of a neat little game. Uh, and man, all the daily magic stuff, all the Valeria stuff has really cool art that I dig. It's kind of got its own style. It's, it's, it's cool. It's like indie looking, but professional. So, uh, Valeria card kingdoms, uh, uh, just a hit with everyone I've played it with and a real favorite of mine. I haven't played this one, but I have played Machi Koro, and if this is better than that, then I'll, I'll need to give it a try. Not super hard to be better than Machi Koro, though. Well, that's true, but I do kind of like that mechanism where you're buying cards and then rolling to activate the cards. I think that's kind of neat. So yeah. if this does that better, I'll, yeah, I'll have to give it a go. I need to play Space Base more. I only played it once, um, and so that's why it's not on my list, because I played this one a ton more. But I, I'm not positive it's better than Space Base, but it's definitely better than Machi Koro to me. That's cool. All right, so my number 58 is a game from Garfield Games, and it was all the rage last year, and it's called Architects Ancient. I don't even want to listen to this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Too old. Uh, It's called Architects of the West Kingdom. So Yeah. Yeah, this is... uh, This is in the same vein... Well, it's in a different... Like, it's in the same vein kind of as Raiders of the North Sea. Like it shares some similar mechanisms, but in this one, it's a worker placement game and you're sending your workers out to different areas. The trick here is the more workers you have in an area, the more powerful that area is. So I may go there the first time and I get one of something eight times later, I'm going to get eight of that thing. Plus maybe another bonus. People are going to pick up on that and they're going to grab all your guys from that spot and throw you in jail. When they take your guys and throw you in jail, that's going to give them some kind of benefit, and then you have to waste a turn getting your your guys out of jail so you can use them again. You're using your guys to get cards to build buildings. You're using your guys as um, to signify that you've worked on the temple. I think that's what it's called, or the cathedral or something. And after so many spaces in the cathedral are built, that triggers into the game, and whoever has the most points is the winner. So if you like Raiders of the North Sea and games from that line, You'd probably like this one. It's it's heavier than Raiders of the North Sea, but it will feel a little similar because it shares some mechanisms and the art's the same, so it'll look consistent as well. So my number 58, Architects of the West Kingdom. Hey, you ready for this, Jason? Yep. Pop-up video. That's the little pop-up video sound. <laughs> okay. Both Jason and Joel's games that they just mentioned are art by an artist that's really hard to say his name. The Miko. Mihailo Dimitrovsky. Yeah, he goes. I'm he, sorry, he goes by I the Miko. That. I like that, the Miko. Yes, yeah, that's but he did true. the art for both these games. That's true. I forgot about that. That's cool. And it's that cool indie kind of professional look that I just mentioned. Yeah, he so, he has some cool art for sure. For sure. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he's a really good artist, and he does all of these of the series. Um, you know, Raiders of the North and Paladins <laughs> of the. Valley, <laughs> Warriors of the Mountain, and like all these games, he does those too, right? Warriors so, of the Mountain would be a sweet game. <laughs> it's coming, bud. You know it is. Yeah, yeah that's true. Patent pending, trademark, trademark, <laughs> trademark. Oh, man. So, it's act like it's not coming. I mean, it is. It's clearly coming. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Make sure we cite him on our podcast because on Board Game Geek, you can sort him by podcast citations. Nice. Yeah. We're definitely going to have that boy linked up to our, our uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm dropping I'm dropping the Miko on everything that I do. Oh, boy. As long as I can figure out how to spell his name. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> hey. <clears throat> so this episode's not great, 
But even the Miko swings the bat and misses sometimes. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's got these great games, you know, like Architects, Raiders, Valeria, uh, Raiders, Dice Settlers. Rising Nobility is his. That's, uh, that's Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good looking good game, too. Yeah. All these really nice looking games are, are his, man. And so is Viral. He did Viral? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That's crazy. So, anyway... Uh, Episode 95, the viral of the board game boys. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, technically, though, is this is the bar any really, really any lower than normal? No, it's one? not. <laughs> no. I mean, like I was like earlier thinking this is a goofy episode, like maybe too much. We might lose people on this one. I'm like, not from this one. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is just what we do. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's what we do. <laughs> All right. 57's a game Jason you covered already. And it doesn't make it any less awesome because it's still real good. And that game is Dogs of War. It's tug of war with some worker placement stuff going on on different sides of the rope. And you're negotiating with people. It's the dumbest negotiating game ever because you're in the same round negotiating with and against the same people. Like, hey, I know you're back in the Peruvians <laughs> in this true. battle, but <laughs> if you back these guys and go against me, I'll go with you on this one. Like, I mean, just the dumbest negotiations ever, but it makes it really fun because part of the negotiations in this game that make it fun is you get more points the more people who go against you. So if you got a big lead, you're like, no, go against me, man, so I can get more points That's and true. I'll help you out too. So it's all about just being the biggest dirtbag and it's... <laughs> seriously everyone who's plays these dirtbag games that are just negotiating whatever dirtbag games like you play this game and you're gonna have some bliss so dogs of war you talked about it before it really is worker placement very minor minor worker placement just to get more troops and stuff for the next round and then tugs tugs of war (laughs) tugs of war tugs of war and it really is tug of war though like even the board looks like it it's like a little line that goes back and forth so true yeah Gamer Tug of War, Dogs of War, awesome negotiating game. Probably my favorite negotiating game. So there it is, 5-7, 57, Steak Sauce. <laughs> yeah, it's probably my favorite negotiation game too, which I don't really play a ton of those, but I, I do agree with it. You get it, Jason Hines, 57? I do. I get that. Yeah. 57. The international audience love that one. It's also in a movie too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. I, like, I Love You Man or something? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so my steak sauce, or 57, as she aptly put it. How, it, How I Met Your Mother. It's from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So uh, is a game from Stefan Feld, and it's called Trajan. Oh, that is a steak sauce of a game there. It is. Uh, this is a lot of people's either first or second favorite Feld. It's not that high up for me, but I do enjoy it. And what this game is, it's um, basically Mancala. You're going to take some colored hex pieces out of a little dish and you're going to move them around dropping one off at every other dish and where you stop is the action you get to take and based on what color is in that bowl it might give you a bonus so on and so forth you're trying to move some guys around this map to collect tiles you're trying to move some guys over to this other part of the map to collect tiles you're trying to move a guy on another part of the map to collect tiles and i think there's also some more tiles that you're trying to collect so in case you didn't pick up on that you're collecting tiles to do some stuff with them it's way more fun than I just made it sound, but it's really dry. It's pretty abstract, really, for like even a Feld game. But I really enjoy it. So my 57, Trajan. I'm going to Jason explain this one. Uh, you know how sometimes your favorite band has a Greatest Hits album? And all the individual songs on the album are really good, but it doesn't have the feel of the original albums. So it's not as good of an album. That's what Trajan is. <laughs> That is true. That is, it is kind of like that. You're right. I'm, I'm not wrong. <laughs> it's a bunch of stuff from other games put together, and you think, man, this is these are the best mechanics from all those games. And then you're like, but it, I, I don't know. I don't know. It really it's, is. It's a perfectly good game. I mean, to be honest, it's a perfectly good game. And it's, it's your 57. Good job. <laughs> it's not mine. It's yours. It's cool. And yep. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not throwing any shade at your games, man. You got a good, good list here, bud. 56, because my 56 is sure a weird game. Um, I like it. It's a good game, but I 56, good. I, I'm standing <laughs> with it. Uh, Homebrewers from Greater Than Games. This is definitely something that's got like that new shine on it still a little bit for me, but I think it'll hang around the top 100 for a while just because it's different. It's basically using these dice 
to get action selection. And you're doing, you're rolling these die and then you can negotiate and barter with people to get the die you need or pay a little money or something to get your dice to be manipulated, to be flipped over to what you need. But you basically have six choices because there's six sides on a die, but there's not actually six choices. I think it's actually like three or four. I don't remember. It's do something with cards. So there's recipe cards and cards also have like a one-time use to get a one-time benefit, but draw cards or play cards is one of the things you can do. Get some materials to make beer make beer or clean out your tanks. So like, that's basically what you're doing on your turn. Um, and then there's a calendar. So you can do like this calendar event, which kind of like is like a recurrent thing that you can do um, for like the particular month you're playing. But basically all it is, is you're trying to complete this chain of events in order to move up on a track to be the best on these tracks. And there's different ways that you can manipulate the tracks to make the tracks better by getting more flavors to make different cool stuff. But I like the game because it's 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 kind of just it's a lighter game, kind of a fun little almost filler game. But you can make some crazy coriander, clam sauce, steak sauce, <laughs> IPAs. <laughs> you really can't make weird flavor combinations that you get you points. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think we did pretty good in the game that I played with you. Like we had some like, you know, like cinnamon, cinnamon vanilla beer. I don't know. Like just stuff like that. So. Um, but there's some weird flavors in there, and it's fun to mix those together for the lols. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing I like about this game the most is that the die has a little sprayer. One of the faces is a sprayer, and that's yeah. awesome. No- top 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 one games with a Windex bottle in yeah. it. <laughs> no game Home has brewers. a Windex bottle on the die. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool, and I really I, do like it. Hold up. Let me do some recalculating here. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to flip these two. Uh, n- n- number 56 is now Great Western Trail because I've got to move homebrewers <laughs> up significantly. <laughs> All right. So my number 56 is a game of also about making beer, which is weird. And it's called Heaven and Ale. But my beer is made by monks. So it's it's better beer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I recently just played this actually this weekend again, and it's still good. So it's super good. It's really good. It's, I I don't understand why this was on like clearance for like eleven bucks or something at one point. Yeah, I don't get and it. I don't understand why people didn't buy it like crazy. It's so good. It really is good. So if you don't know what this game is, you're trying to you're moving around this board to Kaido style, so you can move as far as you want forward, but you can't go backwards. Wherever you land, you're you're gonna take that tile if you can pay for it. And you're going to put it on either the dark side of your board or the sunny side of your board. The dark side of the board is going to produce coins, so you have more money to buy things. The light side of your board is going to help you move up your ingredients from the negative points up to zero and higher. Because if you can't get your lowest ingredient to at least one, you end the whole game without any points possibly. And that is bad. So moving these these ingredients around is really tough. You have a long way to move some of them up from negative to zero. And it's tricky and it's fun. It's easy to teach. It's easy to play. But I had a great time. So my number 56, Heaven and Nail. I hate tiling games where they're abstracted tiles. But this game's amazing to me. So, like, maybe tune in later. Kind of amazing. So I love this game. <laughs> it's a good game. And actually, I rethemed it. I rethemed mine as My Name is Earl, um, the TV <laughs> show. So it works really good with that theme. So, um <laughs> I'll probably just upload that to Board Game Geek, my homebrew of that. That would be awesome, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's karma. There's good and there's bad, you know? Yeah, that would be awesome. And you got you got the big guy from VR Troopers that's coming along with you to try and help. I don't know if that guy's really from VR Troopers, but he looks like the guy from VR Troopers. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure it's not. Um, this has got to be the dumbest episode. All right. Uh <laughs> Number 55. Jason, why didn't you have a game about generating electricity? We I'm, had such good mojo. I'm sorry. I can change it. Let me, let me find one. Or just lie about your game. Say it's about electricity. That's true. I can do that too. Yeah, sure. It's, I have the biggest electricity game coming on. It's huge. That's Tre- good. Tremendous. My, my electricity game is, if you said Manhattan Project Energy Empire... You're wrong, but not that wrong because it's Power Grid. <laughs> yeah, no, you're pretty wrong because those are way different games. Uh, this is a pretty heavy auctioning game where turn order plays a very significant role in what you're able to do. Um, if you're not doing very well, 
you get really good opportunities to buy trash and you do buy trash in this game to power your windmill or whatever you're, you don't power windmills with trash. That doesn't make any sense at all, but your incinerator might want some trash. So um, you're buying resources to power your power plants, to make electricity, to sell it to cities. Then you're using that money to buy upgraded power plants that fire more efficiently to buy better stuff, to make your, your energy cheaper and more uh, efficient for the cities. So it's a really neat utilities game, auction game, just a really good game, and it is Power Grid um, by by the Big Double F, uh, Freedom and Freeze, and put out by Rio Grand Games. Um, I think, right? Yeah, yep. is this a Rio game? Yep. Yeah, it's wild, man. Rio was hot for so long, so uh, I really like it. It's it was my go to heavy Euro, and actually, this is like the fourth game I owned. I think so. Power Grid five five. Yeah, I never played this one, but I will eventually. It's it's about 55 good. That's cool. So my 55 good is a game that came out last year. I played a lot of new games last year, so a lot of them I actually really like. And this one is Passing Through Petra. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know if you played this or not, but... Have not. Because the box looks so bad to me, but keep going. It does, but the, it, the board actually kind of looks bad too, but the gameplay is good. So this is a, a game from Renegade, and what you're trying to do is you are merchants in petra and or that means rock yeah petra does mean rock you're right and what we're trying to do is you're trying to be the first person to be able to get all of your cubes because you have nine cubes on your player board you're trying to be the first person to get all of your cubes out on the board in one of these four different locations and the four different locations are based on color of people that you're hiring in this trench in the market of petra so you're trying to sell goods to these people so you can move your disc around this like rondelle of four different colors. And every time your disc moves past like the starting line, you get to drop one of your cubes down. And you may also get a special ability. It's a pretty straightforward game. And you take actions based on this grid in the middle where you can only ever take the same action twice in a row. And then you have to go a different direction. So that's kind of neat. It's family weight plus, medium, not super heavy. But it was a good time. And if you can find a copy and just play it, it's good. So... My number 55 is passing through Petra. Hey, that's cool, Jason. Uh, so a Petra game. That's just beyond belief. Beyond belief. Oh, man. So, so that, that game, I probably haven't played it because it does look like contemporary Christian rock group Petra's debut album. Uh, now on vinyl. <laughs> Probably. Like seriously, those dudes were family family bookstores. Like answer to everything rock and roll. Like they used to have this chart that was like, if you like Metallica, check out Petra. <laughs> no, I can't believe they would compare Petra to Metallica. Come on. If you like Megadeth, check out <laughs> Jeff Moore in the Distance. <laughs> I do like Jeff Moore in the Distance. They're all right. Oh boy, <laughs> they're a thousand times better than Petra. Oh, that's a hot take there. <laughs> Anybody who's up on their 1986 to 1992 contemporary Christian rock is going to is going to have words with you, bud. <laughs> Jeff Moore in the distance sounded like a Christian toad the wet sprocket to me. <laughs> I for real, I, like I mean it. I believe in <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to <sighs> None of them can hold. None of them can hold a candle to Mark Lowry. So, that's, anyway, that's is that his name? I don't know. The dude R- who was R- in the Gaither vocal band. I don't know. Oh yeah, he was a G- Gaither vocal band boy too. All right, uh, number fifty-four <laughs> is actually for me uh, a game where you're trying to come up with the ultimate Gaither vocal band lineup. <laughs> oh man, these people who listen to our podcasts are going to have no idea what we're talking There's about. There's like four people who know stupid <laughs> '90s Christian music, and they're going to be like, "They're right on. They're they're nailing it, 100." <laughs> percent <laughs> All right. Anyway, this I want to work a Rich Mullins reference in now, but I don't know how. Um, all right, it's, number 54. Your game is very ragamuffin right now. Yeah, there you go. That works, bud. Uh, <laughs> If I felt better, I'd probably edit some of this out, but I'm not. No, I'm not it. going it's to. It's funny. <laughs> to us. We get the jokes. <laughs> We're all that we matter about to ourselves. <laughs> We're doing this for us, okay? 
This these last four minutes have been for Joel and Jason. Okay, just <laughs> all right. Okay. Oh man. And never mind the fact that my mic was muted for like <laughs> a long time. We had to re-record a bunch of this. They're gonna hear silence so, and me talking to myself. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we could have edited this out or even the second time we did a take, not had it in, but we chose to have it in a second time. Okay. Oh man. We thought about this a lot and wanted to keep this part in. <laughs> Number 54 for me <laughs> is Gugong, <laughs> which is a really good game. As long as you're not playing it at two players. That's Because true. at two players, it just feels like you're playing like a version of war or something. I don't know. It's, it's kind of silly, but when you're playing with more than two players, the whole like, oh, I need to get a good card, but I want to do a good action too. Um, really, I don't know. You feel more like it's there. There's more interaction on the board. The board gets a little more crowded too. There's, I, I don't know. It's just better. Um, and this is one that is the most frustrating game in the world to explain because here's how I explain the game. Hey, look at this middle square. If you don't get your guy to the top, you can't win this game. Like, you are automatically disqualified. I don't care if you lap us on points. If you don't reach the top of the temple of the heavenly palace, you won't win the game. You're disqualified. Everyone understands that, right? Yeah, we get it. We get Oh, yeah, no, I get it. Okay, one more time. If you don't reach the top of this, you don't get to win the game. Everyone write, write your signature on this contract that says you understand this. Then, second to last round, you're like, dude, you, you can't get to the top of the temple. You're not going to win. Wait, What? You didn't tell me that. That's bullcrap. What? What? This game sucks. It's stupid. Every time. Every time, Jason. <laughs> so, you know what I'm talking about. I do know so, what you're talking about, yeah. So, anyway, Gugong is an amazing game in spite of that because you're bribing people, I think is the theme. You're bribing with gifts because you can't use money anymore. So, you're giving them real nice tea kettles in return for golden waving cats that you see at Chinese food places. <laughs> Which it's called uh what is it called? Lucky Cat. Yeah, but there's a there's a Japanese name for it. Oh, I have no like, I have no idea. N- Katie, Nikatsu probably, Katie probably knows something. Somebody listening to the show knows, and the first person to comment with it can get one of Jason's board games he threw in the trash over the weekend. <laughs> I'll pay for shipping, Jason. You just dig it. You you wipe the spaghetti off and mail it to him, I'll pay your shipping, okay? Okay. Fifty four, please, Jason. Get some mojo going here. All right, my number 54 is a game about exploring, early exploration, and it's called Lewis and Clark. So this game is a game where you're using cards in your hand to try to collect resources to move a boat down this river, and you're trying to recruit other Native Americans to come join your team so you have more workers to do things with. And it's a race, essentially, to be the first person to get from the starting point to... I can't remember what the end point is, but it's in California somewhere or Washington or something. And <laughs> if you can get there, you're the winner. Washington do State, you, not Washington, D.C. <laughs> do you just do that stuff to make your wife mad? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh. Oh, boy. And, like, I'm looking at my waveforms on Audacity, and I'm really hoping this limiter fixes this episode, because it got loud. Yeah, it'll be fine. When I'm yelling about Petra, it got loud. <laughs> Have you played Lewis and Clark at all? Uh, Man, I, I a long time ago, and it's pretty cool. I think I like Discoveries better, because it does a lot of the stuff that Lewis and Clark does. It's faster, too. This is the one time where I like a dice game over the original, but Lewis and Clark's a great game. Yeah, it's, um, it's like a, a race that's really slow. That's my only issue with it, is the <laughs> racing is really slow. So, but the the journey is fun while you're playing, so I don't mind it. So, my number fifty four, Lewis and Clark. I think I might literally put a disclaimer on this episode saying this one's real dumb, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Intro the episode that way. Uh, number fifty three for me, Jason is Finca. <laughs> it's a rondelle where you get some fruit and take, you put the fruit in a donkey cart. Or no, I you're bringing fruit back and forth in a donkey cart. There's a rondelle. It's a windmill. Pretty cool game. Um, it's pickup and delivery with produce in Italy. Finca. I, I think it's time to wrap this one up. <laughs> it's a good game. It really is. You should check it out. It's number 53. Good. It really is. It's a rondelle and you're delivering produce and you're getting different produce from the rondelle to deliver to Finca's, but it feels like you should get the fruit from the Finca's. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm all mixed up. Maybe you're getting orders from the windmill. 
I I assure you, this is a fairly okay description of this game. It's not me like just being a totally like real dumb boy, which has been the rest of this episode, I get. But like, this is really what happens in this game. Yeah, this is one I haven't played, but I want to because it has a rondel and it does look nice. And I, I assure you, you get fruit or give fruit to the rondel. I don't know. One of those things. You sacrifice fruit to the windmill gods, I think. Isn't that right? Uh I guess you're the one who played <laughs> Passing Through Petra. You're you're closer to that whole thing than I am right now. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so that's your 53 Finca. Yeah, 53 Finca. Sorry, Finca boys, that I didn't describe that better than that. I, but I assure you, that's the game: donkey carts, fruit, fincas. I. All right, we're gonna do three word descriptions, three phrase descriptions. <laughs> so my number 53 is called the Bloody End. Dead bodies, cops hotels that's all you need to know can i give you my three description through <laughs> description sure um no like art oh i, like, I know you I like, like it but art. i don't I love the awesome. art in it it's it's weird man it reminds me of old like um it reminds me of the old uh rocky and bullwinkle show when like boris and natasha uh, would like get blown up by dynamite yeah a little bit <laughs> but what this game is really is it's a card game you're putting these people in this hotel room and you're going through and killing the people to try to bury them and steal their money. And you're going to do that over, I think you go through the deck a couple times, and whoever does that the best and has the most money is the winner. There's a little more to it than that, but that's the gist of it. There's also an expansion that adds some carnies, so you get to kill carnies. That's always cool. So, my number 53, the bloody end. Listen, for the record, this is the only thing on the record for this episode. On the record, right now, I'm saying that the rest of this episode's off the record. You cannot hold me accountable for anything I've said in this episode. We probably should have put that at the top. Okay. I just looked at a picture of Boris and Natasha, and I don't think I'm too far off. I don't know. Mostly Boris. Boris has got kind of the same general shape as, as the Bloody Inn folks, but it's been a while since I played Bloody Inn. I'm typing in Bloody Inn right now. You can hear that in the background because I want to look at this game real fast. Yeah, we played it at a BGM con. Just as a, yeah. fill, a filler waiting on something else. I mean, like, it's it's a stretch, but that priest guy does look a little like Boris from, from <laughs> the hat, maybe. The hats are similar. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'll, I, I'll give it to you. And you're- you guys can comment on this all you want, but I'm going to tell you right now, after recording this episode and putting it up for the world to hear, I am going to be taking a real long sabbatical from social media. So, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, so my number 53, Bloody in. Good one, I guess, for you. I liked it okay. It's fine. Um, it's not bad. It's it's not bad because you, that's the one where you're burying the bodies. And if you can't get them buried in time, the cops say, mm, that's not good. Yeah, you have, don't have dead bodies in your hotel. Yep, you have, to pay, you, you have to pay the grave digger for him to clean up your mess. Yep. Yeah, and if the cops find out, you got to pay like seven bucks, which is what murder happens in this in this current era, you pay a $7 fine if you murder someone in your hotel room. Um, yep. Again, nothing on this episode is on the record. <laughs> I did say you killed carnies, and you didn't say anything about that. Like, you just passed over it like it wasn't even a state. I was too busy looking at <laughs> Natasha and Boris. Oh, man. <laughs> I really said I missed that, to be honest. <laughs> All right, oh. you're, you're, a, you're number 52. Jason, that's nutty. You're nutty in this episode, too. What the <laughs> heck? You're supposed to be the guy who makes me behave. I'm trying, but I don't know. We've lost control. You, listen, <laughs> there's been notes written to you saying, thank you for keeping Joel in line. <laughs> that's true. I think, uh, yeah, I guess I'm having a momentary lapse of reasoning or something. <laughs> Jason, this is what happens when you, when you leave your post. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Oh. We need to put a real serious boy on this show with us, it seems. <laughs> Arkham Horror the Card Game is my number 52 game. I'm being real serious now. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. In Arkham Horror, FFG Games, FFG, puts us right in the throes of being a gumshoe detective in the Cthulian era, trying to solve the mysteries and crimes that happen in this exciting living card game world. <laughs> Do you have what it takes to solve the crimes and get those good, good elder signs? Maybe you should customize that deck. 
brought to you by the good good boys from Minnesota FFG games FFG <laughs> I really thought you were you were reading that for real and then you said good good bo- good good something I was like no way there's no way he's really reading that <laughs> uh, listen we we know Corey can can these <laughs> Corey from FFG makes some good games but he does not write good copy for promoting those games and he calls himself a good good boy sometimes so <laughs> I'm sure he does. Did you have dairy tonight? Because I, I think I did. I did not. Oh, man. What is it? What can we blame this on? Ar- Arkham Horror, the card game, is actually really good. You're taking It's a super light RPG game kind of thing. You're taking on the role of these detectives, investigators, trying to solve an ongoing story that keeps evolving and getting different because new packs of stuff come out. This game would be in my top 20 if I had a regular group to play it with because I love it that much. The mechanics on it are awesome. They are stellar. They just they stand up on their own. But then the interactive role-playing elements are just what I like. And the the universe is amazing. Playing as like seriously a 1920s, 30s type detective going on this adventure. Super cool. And I want them to use this system and make an X-Files game where you can play as as – I, maybe you can't play as Fox and, and uh, Scully, but maybe you can play as a cigarette smoking man. Because I mean, I guess you can't. You can't. I don't know. You, if you try and be your legends, you're just going to be disappointed. But anyway, I think the system's amazing. I think it tells a cool story, and I just love it. And it would be a top twenty, like I said, if I had a regular group to play with. Um, my top co-op game on this list: Arkham Horror oh, Living Card Game. I guess I thought this was a solo game. Uh you know, you can solo play most cooperative games, but this one plays up to four players. Oh, okay. I just thought it was a solo only game. All right, cool. Wait, wait, my life it is. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I've only ever heard people say they play a solo, so that's neat. <laughs> yeah, because those people are like me. They don't have good good people in their lives. <laughs> that could be. Um, so my number 52 is a game that if it had a solo mode, I would play it because my game group hates this. Mostly my wife, she despises this game for some reason. And it is called Broom Service. And I'm pretty sure you've talked about this before. It was uh-huh. on another episode. This is a game where you're playing some... Everybody's picking a card. You reveal the card. You're either going to be a brave or a cowardly or whatever. Some kind of witch. And then based on if you're brave or cowardly, you're going to take an action. Either brave, you're strong, cowardly, it's going to be less of an action. And you're trying to deliver goods to these places to score points um that's essentially the game it's a fister game but it doesn't really feel like a fister game so if you want a lighter version of his games with a cool like little witch theme check this out broom broom service is my 52 yep it does not feel like his games at all uh that is fair uh for sure uh and i think it's because he really adapted the old witches brew game and added some stuff to it um but uh, I like this one a lot too. Uh, it's top 100 for me, and I I don't know. I wonder if it gets hated on because it looks like a children's book, like the art in it and stuff. I don't know. Maybe could be. Uh, probably not. But I like it. Me too. Maybe you and I. Maybe you and I can get together and play some Arkham Horror, and then Broom Service. I would play. Bro- and, I would play Broom Service for sure. Mm, Jason, 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 Jason. I try not to make it. I try to make it a point to not play FFG games. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. It is what it is, Jason. So what you're saying is I've got a shot at making it Joel's Cardboard FFG Corner. <laughs> if you want to play FFG you, games. You won't touch that. I get it. Uh, boy, I wish I had more mojo to edit some of this stuff out, but I just don't. Enjoy, folks. Enjoy. There's been episodes of this wackadoo, but we, we edited it. And this one... I'm going to stand with it. We're not editing this one. I mean, if I actually thought people who mattered in the industry were going to listen to it and we had to be serious. We still wouldn't I wouldn't edit care. It. Yeah, I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dumbest podcast you'll ever listen to. Number 51. Altiplano. This is a game. Uh, God, I'm going to get my serious, serious juice out here. Okay. In this game, you have a big cardboard llama that stands in front of you, <laughs> and the big cardboard llama is hungry for chits <laughs> and jewelry and, and all kinds of corn. You completely lost all and, seriousness when you said the llama was hungry for chits. 
<laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's the theme. The llama wants you to fill a warehouse with corn. So like, that's what you're trying to do. Just stuff this warehouse full of corn and bracelets. So um, in Altiplano, you're basically running an engine. You're converting goods, doing resource management. And then storing some of those goods into a warehouse, trying to do some kind of set collection things. And actually, I think I think I goofed on this one, bud. I don't think corn's worth any points. I think corn can fill in some spots and stuff, but I don't I don't think corn's going to get you points in this one. Or maize, as they say in the Altiplano region. Um, it's a cool game. It's it it's I think the same designers really owns. Um, so it got a lot of comparisons, but I think they're pretty different games, really. I mean, early on, like you're doing like map manipulation and uh, trying to trying to like establish trade colonies and routes, and you are dragging things out of a bag, but and then putting them into like a worker placement kind of situation. On this one, you're drawing things out of a bag and then trying to manipulate and trade those goods. So I get the comparison there, but I would say Altiplano is kind of its own thing, and. I don't think this one's as good as Orleans. I know when this one came out, this is just how much of a like cult of the new kind of thing we are. Everyone loved this game. They're like, I'm getting rid of my copy, co- rid of my copy of Orleans. And I was like, no, man, Orleans is good. Like, I'm going to hang on to mine and I'm going to be okay with Altiplano. And I'm sure glad I did that because Orleans has more staying power. And I guess that's a little bit of a, a hint to that in the top 50 somewhere is going to be Orleans. So, and I think Jason still likes that game too. We'll, we'll see. Maybe he likes it. I don't know. So Altiplano 51, I didn't describe it well. I just talked about some stuff that I'm not, I'm not even sure what I talked about, like, honestly. So <laughs> A llama. That's all. I'll pack yeah, Oh, yeah. The llama wants you to put yeah. corn in a warehouse. I get it. Uh, yeah, I haven't played this one. I like Orleans quite a bit. So that's the only thing that's kept me from playing this one. But I'm sure I will play it eventually before I hit that retirement home. Art by the Miko in this one, too. <laughs> looks more like Clement's Franz. Oh, yeah. I get those guys mixed up sometimes. Um, so my number 51, and the last game we're going to talk about to put everybody out of their misery for this episode, is a game called Caper from Keymaster Games. And this game has fallen quite a bit for me. It was in like my top 20 last year, mostly because it was new hotness and I was playing it a lot. And I haven't really played it that much, but I still like it. It's still really high, so get off me. Um, so what this game is, is it's a two-player drafting game. You're trying to draft um, thieves and uh, like gadgets that they're going to use to rob one of these three locations. You're basically trying to get, it's kind of like an area majority sort of, where you want to have more of certain things on your side to win the location. And you may um, cancel out some of your opponent's cards on their side by playing cards on your side and vice versa. So it's a really cool like trying to outthink your opponent drafting area control game. And I dig it a lot. So my number 51 caper and it looks beautiful by the way it's amazing looking art by the art by the meat though <laughs> yes everybody looks like abstract vikings yes um okay dice settlers really is the miko yeah yeah it is Be- believe it or not and it's not hard to believe because it looks like his games but how about this one redacted the miko really uh, yeah there's no vikings in that one no. for sure he did a set of cards in Preda Porter and the Kickstarter version. What? Yeah, they have they're like people with Viking um, skirts on. That's that's kind of cool. That's cool. That is that. Yeah, that's kind of cool, man. Um, hey, guess what? What? I mean, I'm I'm up for it if you are. We've been we've been doing so <laughs> well with this. Let's do our next ten games, man. <laughs> How about next week? That's probably a really good idea. <laughs> Real uh, good idea. Oh man, this one's gonna be. Mm. <laughs> if you sleep on it, I think everything will feel better in the morning. I'm gonna have to just like throw the bumpers in and be like, "All right, Godspeed, you sweet little <laughs> podcast." <laughs> Outside of that one part where you didn't have your mic on, it should be fine. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> if this is the episode that drives you away because we're dumb, I guess we know where our breaking point was for you. <laughs> no, we've had dumb episodes like this before. I think we're up. For real, though, I, I'm i looking at the Miko's games that he's done, and I'm like, maybe he'll do the art for my prototype. 
Because it's really good art, but... Does he do a lot of farming games? Uh, I was thinking about retheming it to be Vikings. (laughs) (laughs) Your dad would be so proud. Yeah, he would. (laughs) All right, we probably need to wrap this up. I, yeah. I just keep thinking if we keep talking, maybe it'll be good at some point. (laughs) The the last, the last four minutes redeems the whole episode. (laughs) I mean, we could have stopped a good 40 minutes ago and it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, I've been Joel with the board game mechanics and I'm really hoping my mouth didn't click the whole time. (laughs) And I'm Jason. Hey, guess what? I had my mic muted. That's awesome. Oh, that sucks. Hey, that's cool, Jason. Uh, oh, man. So, a Petra game. <laughs> <laughs>